Morning once again. Hey, Marion. Um, I do count it a, um, a privilege to be able to share the, uh, you know, I get to share occasionally. And uh, I don't know, I just let you know I count it a privilege because um, often when you're sharing, you're sort of inspiring others to be what you want to be yourself too. And, you know, you sort of feel like you're in a position where I'd be nice to <laughs> get a grasp of this myself. But um, anyway, it's, it's nice to have the honor of being able to share. And so thank you. I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we are a thankful people today. We're thankful for a Savior who has taken us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We thank you that we have life and that we will live forever. Lord, we thank you for the blessing of eternal life, to be in your family, to be a part of uh, you know, your family, co-heirs with you. Lord, we thank you that right now we are serving you as you, you are the king of the nations, in charge of everything, Lord of heaven and earth, and we honor you today. Holy Spirit, I ask you to be the spirit of truth here this morning, that you prepare hearts, that you'd give me grace to speak, and uh, give, give us all grace to, um, uh, to receive, and, and her hearts and wills and minds to change today. Amen. So, mum's, mum's word. I get the privilege today of uh, sharing something that mum came up with, or I'm sure she did this spiritually, you know, you're listening. it wasn't just off the top of her head. But, um, so my dad asked me uh, to speak uh, last night. <laughs> at least it's better when my brother asks me at six o'clock in the morning, Sunday morning, you know, at least I, I can, um, you know, think about it overnight before starting to prepare. But, um, but I knew mum had, I knew dad had sent out an, did you send that email to the peace people? Ah, okay. Okay, apparently Dad talked about it last Sunday. I'm a, I'm a week late. Um, but Dad sent out an email with this word, and I got a copy of it. So maybe we can send out that email so the peace people can get it as well. But, um, and it, was it shared New Year's Eve? Great. Yeah, so this is, this is something Mum got concerning 2022. Um, Proverbs 3, 5 which I'll come to in a minute. It's just up there. So, and we are here at the start of a new year. We all love New Year's, and we all love resolutions, right? And um, we're always full of them, full of our own ideas, our own plans, um, ideas about improving ourselves. Um, generally, New Year's resolutions are you know, self-motivating. They're, they're actually a, a little bit selfish, I guess. Uh, they, the majority of them are around diet and exercise, if you look at the stats. And uh, you'll, you'll be pleased to know that 25% of the people carry them out past week one. In fact, we're already in week two, so we, you know, it's, it's basically over. Only 8% of people can carry through a New Year's resolution to the end of the year, the whole year. 8% of people. So, and, and maybe that is because um, they tend to be a bit selfish. It's all about how can I make myself better? What can I do to have a better life? Get fitter, eat better. Which in itself isn't that bad, I guess, but it depends where you put your priority. So today we're going to talk about um, mum's word. So th these are the points off her word that got sent out in the email. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Leaning on your own understanding will not get you through next year. We need to purposely and actively seek the Lord or listen 
And remember, listen, it, listening is one of the key values of PACE. It's one of, we have a few values. Listening is one of them. And that's why every year we have a week of listening prayer, which is coming up at the end of February. So this is an inspiration to get into that prayer meeting. And this must be the way we live every day, not just endeavoring to ask the Lord about particular circumstances. And the Lord is faithful, but we need to be putting our lives in his hands. So today, I want to talk a bit about listening. And then come back and talking about trusting in the Lord uh, a little bit. So, everything that you see in this world, okay, it's a generalization, and generalizations are never right. Like, honesty is the best policy. <laughs> but everything you see st is, everything in this world is based on call and response, okay? And, and we know that because we read the Bible, and everything we see created started with something God said, okay? And, and it says, and then God said this, and then there was a response. There was something got created, and it was good. And then God said, you know, day after day, call and response. God gave a call, and, and there was a response back to it. And you see this pattern all through life. In, in fact, you see it a lot in music, as you know. Um, you, like you heard of the song, Oh Happy Day. Um, not the Jacob one, but the older version. That, you know, Oh Happy Day. And the choir or the crowd responds, Oh Happy Day. And... Um, even secular songs such as like talking about my generation, there's a line and they're talking about my generation comes back. And, and a lot of the world, a lot of our, a lot of, we work with call and response, right? And, and it's the same with our relationship with God. Everything we do is in response to what God has done for us first. Just letting you know there's nothing in this world that is our idea. All life, everything is is out of response to a call from God, okay? So even um, a call to worship, as you hear, is it comes, you know, there's a call to worship at conversion where God's calling to us and we then respond in repentance where we admit that we've been worshipping falsely, uh, we've been enslaved to false gods and we have been like a dying sacrifice to a false god and then, then in turn we become we respond by becoming a living sacrifice to the true God. And uh, the good thing about worship is it reminds us that um, none of this is our... Uh, was, we, it wasn't made, initiated by us. We didn't think any of this up. And so this call and response where God calls and we respond um, is the same... That same pattern in the universe is the same pattern in our own lives. And everything in our life will be either created or destroyed by our words, by our thoughts, what we speak, what we think, what we listen to, and what we believe. And so listening or listening prayer is a part of that call and response. And you only have to read Isaiah 55, which is the, um, the, the scripture Dad first spoke on listening prayer to, he to hear this. Come, everyone who is thirsty... Come to the waters, and you without money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk, without money and without cost. Why do you spend money on what is not food, and your wages on what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good, and you'll enjoy the choicest of foods. Pay attention and come to me. Listen, so that you will live. 
So Isaiah 55 is a call from God. He says, pay attention, come to me, listen so that you will live. And then our, our, our response is, should be the way we live, you know, live our lives in response to that. How we, when God calls, we need to respond. But on the other hand, our, our world has become a constant feed of information and entertainment. Our phones go, are going off everywhere. We're connected, <laughs> we're connected to the internet constantly. Um, there's ads on every single flat surface. And there's a 24-hour news cycle. And every bit of information enters our mind with one goal, to gain control of our attention and our resources. And so with so much information battling for space in our mind, it's no wonder that our attention span seems to be shrinking. And, um, and you probably know this yourself by getting on the internet and it's amazing how many users abandon online videos if they don't start playing within about two seconds, right? Oh, we'll move on. And I know that um, David, my brother, is in control of the Peace website and one of the number one factors of um, raising a website's ranking is how fast it can load. So the whole, if you go onto the Peace website, it's, it's pretty simple now and it's all based upon how fast that page can load and it's in like fractions of a second you can get the Peace website upload like going and that then gets the Google ranking starting to rise because any website that's slow to load is heavily penalised. And that's because of how we are, the whole attention cycle. So, and um, you know, we all relate to this, right? So we have a call from God, a call to listen, but we also have a call from every single, you know, thing in the world. And then, then in addition to that, there's another call. And we'll go back to my favourite story, that, that's not my favourite story, but the story I was speaking about three weeks ago about Adam and Eve in the garden. And do you remember talking about calls and responses? Do you remember that the serpent, um, or the devil disguised as a serpent, came to Eve and started a call? And he said, did God really say? So, that, so in your own life, you'll have times when there's other calls. And depending on which call you choose to respond to will determine the outcome of your life. In Proverbs 3.5, we're told to lean not on our own understanding, which means when we make conclusions based primarily on our own perceptions, because our own understanding doesn't know enough. And, and if you think of that story of Adam and Eve, where they took that fruit just leaning on their own understanding of what the world, what the world is. So as Adam ate that fruit, what he's telling God is, I'm smarter than you, because he's leaning on his own understanding. So he's eating this fruit telling God, I'm smarter than you, I'm wiser than you, I think I can care for myself better than you can care for me and you're not a very good father. And so 
I'm going to reject you. And when we look back on that story and see, see Adam's reliance on his own understanding when he made that decision, rather than um, God's wisdom and understanding, we actually think that's a bit insane, right? Like when, when we look back in hindsight, we think Adam would be insane to think, to rely on his own understanding. Like God knew so much more because as we know from the fall of man, to be able to understand good and evil, you needed to be omnipresent and all-knowing and all-powerful, which only God is. Adam wasn't those things. So he, he didn't have the understanding to be able to have that knowledge of good and evil. So that dialogue started between when the serpent made the call and Eve responded. And you'll find that your dialogue or your call and response ends up becoming your destiny. So whoever you choose to listen to, whoever you choose to respond to, like I was talking a few weeks ago about garbage in, garbage out, right? That's all about call and response. What you choose to take in, that's what comes back out of you. And so like Eve, if you start listening to another call or another dialogue, that becomes your destiny. In the case of Eve, it become all of our destinies. You know, Adam and Eve were destined to be in that garden forever. And every time you believe a lie, something inside of you dies. Adam and Eve died because of believing that lie, but it's the same with us. Every time you believe a lie, something inside of you dies. So don't engage in dialogue with the evil one. You know, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness when he, when he, before he entered ministry, he was tempted in the wilderness by the evil one for 40 days. And Jesus was, um, Jesus, as we know, is the second Adam. So when Adam um, had a conversation or was tempted or had a dialogue with the evil one, he, he engaged in that conversation. That was probably the first mistake, uh, even engaging in it. But then he, he swallowed the lie and he died. And that's known as the first death. But then Jesus came along and the evil one also tried to start a dialogue with him. He said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, you need to prove it. The, the good thing about Jesus was, and what we should do, is we need to like, preload the answer. We need to know the answer before we ask the question. So before we're hungry or before we're in need, we need to know the word of God. That's all a part of that garbage in, garbage out what will come out of you is what you've put in there in the first place. So, as you know, Jesus responded with, it is written. He said, I'm not even having the conversation with you because your starting point is incorrect. So when the evil one comes to dialogue with us or when even, you know, the ads or, you know, some of those other interruptions come into the world, you need to have a base point of saying, I'm not even engaging in this because the starting point is wrong. But why can't we bear to remain silent? Why do we always feel like we have to 
to respond. Like, rather than just not engage in the conversation or what we, we always feel like we have to respond, like Eve did, started responding. Because when we're silent, it makes us feel helpless. And we actually rely on words to manage and control others. You know, this is called manipulation. And a lot of people do this. They rely on their words to manage and control others. And therefore, if we do that, if we're silent or not talking, who takes control? Because we associate our words with control. And therefore, if we're silent, who's in charge? And, and this is linked back into God's will for our lives. Who's in control if we're silent? Because silence is intimately related to trust. The tongue is our most powerful weapon of manipulation. And we try to, um, we try to put ourselves to others about how we, like our perception is by what we say. And you can see this on things like social media, which is a frantic stream of words. I know they're written words, but it's a frantic stream of words trying to adjust and put up a public image, right? We're always you know, putting up pictures of words to, to control how we look like, our public image, what we're like to other people, constant, constant flow of words. And what we fear, what others see, so then often we talk to straighten out their understanding. I need you, I need to help you understand my actions. I need to justify myself. I'm always talking. And silence stops self-justification. And an outcome of listening prayer, an outcome of becoming a person who's silent, is that God becomes your justifier. So, Silence is intimately related to trust. What things can we do to grow this? How, how do we do this? Like, I know one of the things we do is listening prayer, but there's, there's more than one form of silence or submission to God. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So what is meditation when it says we need to meditate on God's law? So meditation is listening to God's word. So you can read it. You can great way to listen to God's word is to read it out loud. You actually listen, like you're not just listening in your brain, but you're uh, listening to God's word audibly um, is a great habit uh, to do. I try to do that every day. But you can also, as part of meditation, you can also reflect on God's works, both in your own lives, but also. Um, you know, just reading God's word. God has done amazing things all through history. They're written down in the Bible for us. But you know, a lot of things happen even... Like we travelled home from Melbourne this week and, you know, I was praying for good weather because I'd seen all the forecasts. There was extreme weather warnings in Victoria 
And yet the day we drove out, even though it was windy, we, we hardly saw a spot of rain. It was amazing. We camped. I was trying to go to a place called West Wylong, but we are a bit short of time, so I stopped 50k short at a free camp, just pulled over. And a massive storm hit West Wylong that night. We only got a few drops in our camper, but they lost power. And even when I drove through West Wylong the next morning, couldn't even get a coffee because they still didn't have power. And then, um, as we came up through Gundawindi and Miles, like, I, I noticed that the roads had been shut, but we got through, and as you said, most of the roads in Queensland are shut at the moment. So we came home three days through wild weather, warnings everywhere, top to bottom. Andrew Stevens rang me after I left and said, we, we had our whole garage washed out just after you left, just flash flooding through the back of his property. And, and yet, you can reflect on God's works. You can either say, oh, we had a run of good luck and just missed the storms, or you can say, God answers prayer, and, and when you pray, things happen. Um, so, and then you can sit down and meditate on that. Isn't it amazing that the God of heaven and earth can answer the prayer of one individual and change a weather event or divert a weather event or hold me up for a few hours or whatever, whatever how that ever happened. You can meditate on that. You can rehearse God's deeds, the things he asks you to do. You rehearse them, you do them. And you can ruminate on God's law. Repentance and obedience are essential features in any biblical understanding of meditation. Lots of biblical examples. Obviously, David contemplated God's ways. Jeremiah spoke about having the word of God shut up in his bones. Paul said to Timothy, meditate so your progress will be evident to all. And Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place to be with his father. And meditation is simple as hearing God's voice and obeying his word. And God's voice is easiest heard by reading the Bible. The truth is the God of the universe desires our fellowship. And so meditation is not about emptying your mind. Meditation is about filling it. And filling it with God's word. It's creating an emotional and spiritual space which allows Christ into our life. And in Revelation 3.20, God speaking to Christians, a lot of people think this verse is to non-Christians, talking about salvation. But Revelation 3.20 was spoken to a church and it said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And so that's God's cry to all of us who are believers. He, he, he knows we believe. He actually wants to be, come in. Part of silence, part of listening is also study. And listening or silence leads to a complete transformation of a person. It replaces old destructive habits with new life-giving habits. Um, and this is evidence in the study of Scripture, because we can read Romans 12 too, but that says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Philippians 4.8 says, whatever is lovely, think on these things. And study is the primary vehicle to be able to think on these things. So if we want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, if we want to create new habits out of old ones, study is the primary means of doing this. We need to think on these things. And many of us are in bondage to fears and anxieties because we don't study. We don't actually know what the... Like, it's like the temptation of Christ. He, he didn't even engage in that dialogue 
because he says where you're starting from is wrong. So when anxieties and fears come into our life and we start engaging with them, um, we're, we're just starting off on the wrong foot. We shouldn't even start there. If we studied God's word, we would know that um, whatever is lovely... I mean, David Hood has the best verse. He always tells me this one. It's out of the end of Philippians, Dave. What is it about the peace that filling us? Can you tell it to me quick? Just shout out the verse. Yeah. And the peace of God will fill you. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's out of the end of Philippians. Yeah, it's, 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 you'll have to find it yourself. It won't take you long. But it says, present your request to God with thanksgiving and the peace of God will fill your heart. Something like that. And so we have all these anxieties and fears, and yet the scripture says what we need to do. We need to present our request with thanksgiving, always thankful for life and goodness and everything Christ has done for us, and the peace of God will flood our hearts. So isn't that amazing? That's the answer to our, a lot of our, why sit all night in anxiety when the Bible actually tells you what you need to do. But you need to study. You need to be in dialogue with God the Father and not with the evil one, because our dialogue becomes our destiny. It's garbage in, garbage out. Good feelings will not free us. Ecstatic experiences will not free us. John 8, 32 says the truth will set you free. So we need to find out what that truth is. We need to study. We need to be silent and listening and study. The Old Testament said to write the law on the gates and doorposts of your heart, but in the New Testament, it's, it's said, it's on your house. In the New Testament, it says, write them on our hearts. So we need to be people who write those laws on our heart. And do you know everybody studies? I, I know we have a mental uh, idea of what study is, but every single body studies. And you study for hours a day. And guess what? You will become like what you study. So what we study determines the habits that are formed. So if we study um, you know, TV, that determines the habits that are formed. It, but anyway, you get to choose. Uh, I like talking sermons on you get to choose. You, you always get to choose. So God gave us free will, but we will become like what we study and everybody studies. And solitude. Jesus calls us from loneliness to solitude. And our fear of being alone drives us to noise and crowds. And we keep up a constant stream of words, even if they're inane. We, we know they're always checking face, you know, always doing something. What's the latest news? We always, for some reason, we seek words around us all the time. You know, if there's silence, we talk. We defend ourselves by our talk. There's always words, words, words. And um, we seek that so we're not condemned to silence. And solitude is waiting for God to focus on him and let him fill us. So instead of talking, we listen. Without silence, there is no solitude. But silence is not just the absence of speech. Silence, simply to refrain from talking without a heart listening to God is not silence. So there's an old proverb that says, those who open their mouths close their eyes. And the purpose of silence and solitude is to be able to see and hear. So we go back to mum's word for the year, which if you remember in the dot point, number two and number three, was we get this by listening. 
But her word was Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And, and then it, it actually goes into verse 6, which I never read Dad's email. He put verse 6 in the email too. But when I was reading Proverbs 3, it keeps on going. Like the rest of it is really, really good as well. Uh, like 6, 7, 8. I put up uh, 6 as well. But so did Dad in his email. I should have read it earlier. And it says, In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. So, in terms of this new year, we have to trust into God with, not with our own understanding. And the word trust, we seem to have a shallow definition of the word trust, where the actual definition, at least uh, um, in Bible times, was to put your whole weight on it. Can you imagine um, like doing a belly flop into a pool, like putting your whole, it's not just leaning on a post, and you think if the post goes, I can get my own balance back. Uh, trust is actually like crowd surfing, like you see those musos run and jump into the crowd, where you're actually putting your whole weight onto someone else, like, you know, belly flopping into a pool or something like that. that that's what you gotta think of when you think of trust, not just like leaning on a post. It's when you're trusting with your whole heart, it's, it's everything in. And um, it's something Adam did not do. He was leaning a bit more on his own understanding where he had to go all in with what God was saying. So in terms of this year, like when I speak to people, I've heard a lot of people say, I don't know what God's will for my life is. Like I'm not sure what to do. Should I take this job? Should I not take this job? Do I need to move? Should I move to Brisbane? Should I not? And we are very, very hung up on decisions. Yet Proverbs 3, 6 says, In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. So um, God is much... I sometimes get worried when I make these outlandish statements, but God is much less concerned with what you do than with what kind of person you are. So when you say, Lord, should I live in Rockhampton or should I move to Brisbane? You are asking the wrong question. And when you say, should I change job? Is the one I have the right one? You are asking the wrong question. The question is not where you're going to go, but what kind of person you're going to be wherever you go. And the question is not, what job should I have? I mean, they, these are important, but I'm... I'm I'm just thinking about lifting our vision a bit higher because God helps us with every single thing like driving home from Melbourne and moving a storm. So I'm not saying there's not help from God in all these things. I'm just asking at a base level to lift your vision a bit higher. So the question isn't which job should I be in, it's what kind of person should I be in the job I'm at. And you know, even with marrying people, you know, people are focused on individuals where should be what kind of person am I going to be? And my brother often says, you know, what's going to matter in a hundred years' time? Like, do you know your great, 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 you know, great grandparents? Like, I, my grandfather took me, my grandfather, he doesn't live here now, but he grew up in Rockhampton. He actually owned the business that uh, CQ Cranes bought out. So, um, got some family history in this town. He used to run trucks out of the Mount Morgan mine for years. 
So he had a trucking company called Clanfield Brothers, which CQ Cranes took over uh, a long time ago. And so I've actually been walked through um, the Northside Cemetery with him, and he was talking about um, you know different family members. And I remember him talking about a, a guy who had died in his young in a house fire, his relative of ours. And I obviously didn't know, and I'm thinking, why do I have no, no, like this guy's a, he'd be like an, a relative. I have no, I have no concern about this. You know what I mean? And as brutal as it is, like, where you work will not matter in a hundred years' time. Even our own family, like, but I can tell you what will matter in a hundred years' time is that whether you decided in all your ways to know God. That's what will really matter in a hundred years' time. It won't be where you lived. And sure, that, that can make a difference and things change, but if we lift our vision higher, if we trust in God, he will make the path. You don't have to be worried about your path. God will make the path straight. But you need to trust in him with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, and then he will make the path straight. So my call for this year as part of Mum's Word is to... Yep, the decisions of where you live and where you work are important. But how about we take a step back and, and learn to listen and learn to trust God and know that what kind of person we are and how we know God is a bigger question than where we live and where we work. So in the light of this text, what is the will of God for your life? What is God's will for you? To know God in everything to see him present everywhere and in everything and to live in total surrender to him. The most important thing is not the decisions you face, but the most important thing is your relationship with God. And just remember that trust is, is like doing crowd surfing at a concert. Like you might have a lot of decisions in front of you at the moment. I don't know. But just imagine you're running into a pool and doing a belly flop and trusting in God rather than, you know, working out your own understanding. Anyway, the call is to listen, because through silence, through stopping our own words, we then have a chance, you know, that call and respond. Let's, in that call and response cycle, let's let God talk. And then let's respond with attention, paying attention, like he asked us to do in Isaiah 55. Let's meditate on all that he's done in our lives, in other people's lives, what the Word of God says. Let's study the Word of God. Let's t take time to be in solitude and fill our lives with him. So among a, you, know, like you need to start doing that now. Just a plug for that week of listening prayer. Like, just, it might be a good time. It's still like six weeks away. Like, maybe those who work... I've heard people say, you know, I work, I might make an hour at the end of the day. How about, you've got six weeks, how about you take one day off work and come here and sit for a day? And um, you'll notice the inane rush of thoughts through your head that we're so used to. But take a day off work and come in and, and read and study and meditate and listen. 
and see if God makes your path straight. We're going to share around uh, the table of the Lord now. Could I please have uh, the helpers who are going to help hand that out? Communion is the time where we reflect about what Christ has done uh, for us. I'm just looking at that scripture now where it says, you know, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways submit to him. I, I was just thinking just then as I walked over there, what? Just imagine Jesus in that garden of Gethsemane. Um, like, we know that he prayed, not your will, not my will, but yours be done. So, we're well aware that he had uh, at least some sort of conversation or dialogue going on in that time. Uh, I, he would have had his own understanding of how he thought, you know, that that should have happened or may have ha- happened. You know, he praying, sweating blood, and coming to a, the place of submission that said, um, "You can, you can hand them out." please. Um, thank you. Um, coming to that place of submission where not your will but, but mine. And think of the, the talking about pa- making paths straight, can you, ma- can you think of the path that has been made straight because Jesus didn't lean on his own understanding but he chose to in all his ways submit to God. You know, we now have that holy highway that that road that leads to heaven that we can all walk on because um, Jesus did that for us. And so when we, when we reflect on the bread and the cup and the scripture that we have for 2022, let's, um, let's be mindful that we probably have to take the same thought. You know, we, we need to submit. We need to make our, our way straight. We need to honour. This is, we eat and drink in memory of what Christ has done to, for us. We need to honour that. We need to, the Bible says we need to participate in it. So as we eat and drink, we need to just lean on God, you know, lean on God, submit. Submit all our ways to him and trust in him to make our ways straight. Just take a few minutes to ponder, to ruminate on what God has done and once... Um, they've been handed that. I will. I will pray and will eat and drink. Father, I'm, we are thankful. I'm thankful, but we are thankful today. We are thankful that you um, sent your son 
um, into this world to completely change our lives. We thank, we're thankful for the light of Christ that came into the world and changed things forever. Jesus, we are thank you for, we're thankful for your submission to the Father, the honour that you brought your Father, the life that you lived for us, the death that you died for us, and we, we humbly say thank you today. And Lord, as we, as we eat and we drink, we're thankful for your body that was broken for us, that we couldn't be made whole. We're thankful for your blood that was spilt, for the cleansing of our sin, for the healing of our bodies. Lord, we're thank you, thankful for the cup. And Lord, we're thankful, Holy Spirit, that you live inside of us. You're our comforter. You're our guiding light. And Lord, as we endeavour to respond to your call to us, Holy Spirit, I ask that you, know, you give us the grace for that response. Grace to be silent before you. Grace to not engage in dialogue with the evil one. But grace to live a life wholly trusting on you, leaning on your understanding on all ours. Lord, make our paths straight. We're so thankful. Amen. Let's uh, eat and drink together. Well, unless anyone has, you're right? Great. Well, we're going to finish with a song. Oh, yeah. Could you please collect the cups? Um, I'm going to pray. Pray blessing upon you and your families. And then we're going to sing to close. Lord, maker of heaven and earth, we're such a blessed people to be in your presence to be in a world that you created and to be made in your image and have the, you know, the ability to create and bless ourselves. We're so thankful. Lord, I pray for the people of peace today. Pray for our visitors. May you bless us this week. May your protection be upon us. May your salvation be in our house, households. May your joy be in our hearts. Lord, may we live in your peace and your protection and your prosperity today. We commit ourselves to you. Lord, I just pray for all the people of peace who are away. I ask that you'd bring them home to us safely. And we're so thankful for your faithfulness and your goodness that is in our lives. We have, we're so blessed. You are a good father.